Welcome everyone to the You Hear Big Girls anime discussion. Today we're going to discuss episode 2, Midnight Train. There was a lot of good stuff in this episode. We got Pipedal Peak, Poco, a lots of Reiner, and even more head pets. So I decided to invite the best guests I could think of for this episode. First off, we have Alina James, a wonderful artist who you can find on Twitter and Tumblr, and is also a very big Reiner and Porco fan. Welcome, Alina. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. And that was a very sweet introduction. Thank you. And second is Twitter extraordinaire Drunk Helos, who we will refer to as Poco from now on, who has some very hot takes on Twitter, which you will either love or absolutely disagree with. But I love them. So <laughs> welcome, Poco. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I hope people like them, but I've seen mixed reviews so far. We're here to talk about them. So yeah. Well, you kind of bait people sometimes as well. You're like, I mean, I don't really have, like, mild takes. Mine are usually on the extreme part. But it's more fun this way. Yeah. We got plenty of those, I guess, already. <laughs> okay. Hey, first off, I want to ask you about your overall impressions concerning the second episode. Alina, I know that you love this episode, but <laughs> please tell me how much. <laughs> Yeah, so I really liked the episode in general. I thought the directing was fantastic, especially during Reiner's flashback moment in Harbour. Animation was just phenomenal. I'm a big fan of rotoscoping. I know not all people really enjoyed that, but I personally thought that was really well done. And you can tell how much work went into the animation, really, because the camera movement is there. It's just, it's really, really well put together. I'm very sad about the pacing, which is way too fast, since I'm a huge fan of Marlin past and Marlin art in general. And I really wish we could spend more time with them and more episodes, but it's just something that I have to come to terms with. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that one. Like, the 20 minutes felt like five minutes to me. <laughs> it was done before I knew it was over. What about you, uh, Paco? What were your feelings on this episode? Well... I certainly enjoyed it. My expectations might be a bit higher, considering I really am passionate about this part of the manga. I like the atmosphere a lot. I think, you know, in the manga, you really don't get to always... I mean, it's up to you to imagine, like, the weather and, like, the atmosphere of the city. A lot of the parts are, like, just white in the background. I think details really do wonders here, and it's just beautiful. And that being said, I had my few issues which i don't mind that much like i think the episode captured the essence but you know it could have been better with some details but again i enjoyed it and yeah animation was good character designs i liked a lot especially for comedy boy and uh, <laughs> overall i think it was a, a decent episode i actually prefer him in the anime than in the manga at least in that part like in the manga, oh. yeah, yeah. His hair is better here, I think. Okay, didn't expect that. <laughs> For me, I I did enjoy the episode. I especially love the, like you said, the scenery or the background in uh, Fort Slava. I think the sun setting looked really nice when Reiner was talking to the kids. I also enjoyed the added scenes, like the short scene where the, the guy jumps off the roof, the soldier, to commit suicide was also, you know, short but impactful. But yeah, the pacing for me as well, it's 
it's going by too fast. I wish there were more episodes to just let it breathe a little bit more. I felt cramming this all into one episode felt like it was a little bit rushed. I, I wanted more. I wanted more details on the small things. I I felt like Reiner was easier to connect with in the manga than in the anime because it just kind of all flashes by a bit too quickly. Yeah, that's that's true, for sure. Like, pacing is a whole new issue. Like, it's going to be a separate topic later, I feel. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But still, yeah, overall, I loved it. And I loved hearing Peak and Porco. I think their voice actors are also very well chosen. So overall, great episode. I totally agree with you that there is just no room to breathe because the pacing is so quick. Scenes just fly by so fast. And sometimes when characters talk, they just need some room to pause and like think about what's going on in the moment because uh, sometimes it just really felt like they had just no... No, no room to think about anything. Uh, and I, I felt that logically it didn't make much sense for them to be so quickly talking to each other, just firing answers. For example, when Reiner just wakes up from the dream and they instantly start talking, it really felt anticlimactic, maybe. But I really thought that both uh, this scene in the harbor was really well done cinematically, that the harbor scene with the ship casting a shadow uh, on the kids and Reiner going into this mind state where he sees his friends instead of Gabby's group. And the scene at the dinner table at the house I thought was really outstanding, even though, again, I fully agree with you that it's, it's much harder to understand Reiner's intentions here in the anime version mm-hmm. to manga because, again, of how quick it is. And now, if I may uh, speak about animation, so I thought it was really well done, really complex, constant movement of characters and the camera. Did you notice how coats are animated, how well animated they are? There is a moment when Magath shows up from below the sheets. His coat hangs low as he bends down and you can see inside of it. You can see his shirt. It's so realistic. I I thought it was really beautiful. Uh, The only thing I did not enjoy... uh, titans that are done in 3d but that's more about the previous episode because we didn't really see any titans in this one uh, since all the scenes from manga chapters 93 and 94 with titans were cut and i thought maybe that was actually done for the best because uh, they didn't have to adapt any 3d bits into this so i think that worked and fighting scenes in the first episodes were just fantastic also here i want to mention that even though I really, really enjoyed it visually, there were a couple of little mistakes in the episode. For example, uh, when Reiner wakes up, you can see the curtain next to his bed floating, it's blown by the wind from the open window. And directing-wise, it's such a cinematic moment because the curtain covers Porco first and you can't see him, but then he starts speaking and the camera rotates around Reiner and that's how we get introduced to Porco for the first time. I thought it was a really powerful moment. But on the very next frame, the curtain is already done in. It's attached by the eyelid. <laughs> How do you notice this is beyond me? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's going to watch the episode again and taking notes while they hear Alina discuss it in detail. <laughs> All according to Keikaku. <laughs> I, I really don't think you can notice it uh, unless you watch it like 50 times over like I do. But <laughs> uh, And even though it's an inconsistency, I think it's really worth for the effect. And in the same scene, there's another mistake. When Pick comes in, she leaves the door open. And when Reiner says he's going to go see the kids, you can hear 
the door closed behind him, but in the next frame again, the door is open. <laughs> Which, wow. by the way, I thought it was a it was a nice touch that they did left it open. I'm not sure if uh, it was a deliberate choice or just a mistake that they made, but still, it's something that I noticed. So yes, everyone, have fun rewatching. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what other animation errors we will be able to catch. Now, everyone's going to really pay attention to the next couple of episodes. Good, good. They should. <laughs> well, Poco, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I mean, there isn't much left to add. I I didn't mind, like, from the previous episode, like, if we already started talking about that, I didn't mind CGI that much, apart from Beast Titan. And like in this episode, they had no complaints. I'm really curious how Titans look later on. We did have some news that uh, 2D Titans are going to reappear from the leakers on Twitter and whatnot in the next episode. So who knows? But yeah, um, apart from that, like that one Udo scene where it seems a bit choppy, like his head is, his neck is just snapping left and right a bit too much. I don't think I have any visual issues. But then again, I'm not a person who really cares that much about the animation. I'm more nitpicky when it comes to details in the plot. Wouldn't that be fun if they made Colossal Titan drawn in the next episode uh, instead of making him 3D? Because <laughs> So all, now all the Titans are 3D, but Colossal Titan is uh, hand-drawn. Reverts with studio. Yeah. That would be really funny, but I think that would defeat the purpose a little. <laughs> yeah. I particularly enjoyed the, the rotating camera as well. It's something we haven't seen before in the series, so it brings a new um, dimension to it. I will say, though, there's some scenes where I think the anime isn't as fluid. When we're at the harbor of Fort Slava and we see Udo walk, it looks a bit static. I don't know if you agree, but it's like he's not moving very fluidly. It's like, I don't know, like a little bit robot-like. And aside from that, I think I really love the animation of the faces. This episode, last episode, I wasn't as convinced, but I loved Colt in the train being drunk. I love them coming home. I love Reiner's, you know, he got a lot of close-ups this episode, so... I think they re really did a good job on that. Yeah, faces are quite decent. Actually, like character design, I was always curious how are they going to translate it, and I think they, they've done a phenomenal job. Like, mm. Zeke always feels a bit jarring to me, but, like, I don't know, he's just... I think it's his character design is like that. I think Mappa did as good a job as they can with Zeke, for example. But, like, to me, like, he just always... His beard just seems super weird. True. <laughs> He has that I don't know. creepy uncle vibe to him that just makes him look like that, I guess. No, like, it's an upgrade. <laughs> it's an upgrade from, from Wit Studio. Like, I feel he was, he looked like a, like a hippie there, perhaps. He gave me that John Lennon vibe. Yes. And though he looks like a math teacher or like a professor or something. There were some really, really nice scenes with Dick in this episode where he smokes a cigarette and uh, his hair is blowing in the wind. Oh, yeah, that, mm. that was a nice transition. Uh, as you were mentioning uh, the animation of Udo earlier. I wanted to say that there were two bits here in this episode, one with Udo walking to uh, Gabby and Falco, and then there was a moment where Gabby talks at the table 
And the animation there, it was different because it was way too, I don't even know how to describe it. They were moving too, too much, I guess. And normally people, when they talk, they don't move as much unless they are, <laughs> you know, very, very emotional, which I guess uh, they were in the moment, both of them. But still, uh, I can see why a lot of people had problems with those moments. I didn't feel that they were badly animated. I thought, in fact, the opposite, that they maybe worked too much on this because they just went and uh, animated and more and more frames. And uh, so that's uh, why we have so, so much movement there but uh, i can definitely see why some people would you know disagree with that and uh, why some people didn't like these two scenes but like i feel they put some effort they, they tried something different and you know i'm always gonna applaud that even though like i wasn't the biggest fan i think i'm curious to see what they do with that if they are gonna repeat that in the next episode i mean i i think i noticed that in the previous episode as well that you know, when one person is talking, like the background characters are moving a lot. And some people like it because it doesn't feel aesthetic, but for other people, it's too distracting. Like there's too much going on that you're trying to focus on, but it's not really all that important. Well, that's why you have to rewatch the episode a few times. <laughs> I mean, uh, and uh, I say that not even as a joke, because uh, I really feel that the episode is so with so much details you really have to rewatch it at least twice because you just miss a lot yeah. of stuff if you don't do that yeah i feel it definitely has rewatch value for sure but yeah for me in the first episode i i thought it was a bit distracting at times in this episode i was okay with it but yeah maybe because there's not a big like war scene and things blowing up in the background as well maybe it was a bit easier to handle Oh, actually, I have one more question for Alina before we go to voice acting. How was the sandwich animated? Was it well done or was it done poorly? Uh, I, I thought the sandwich was perfectly fine. It was also funny to see how Borko was uh, talking to Reiner, eating sandwich and writing at the same time. <laughs> Multitasking king right there. Uh, I think it had lettuce in the manga and it didn't have in the anime. So like they aren't feeding my boy properly. <laughs> Shame on you, Maple. I, I saw tweets before the episode aired, like there better be lettuce in that sandwich, otherwise I'm boycotting. <laughs> I think lettuce was there. It was a good looking sandwich. I thought it looked thicker in the manga compared to the anime. I mean, are we really going to nitpick on that? I don't think that's yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was such an iconic moment for me <laughs> when we first saw it. <laughs> so they they did add a little uh, moment there with him smiling, though, which wasn't in the manga. And I thought that was really cute. Okay, so overall, how do you enjoy Porco's uh, voice acting? Porco alone, I like it. I think it's fitting. Uh, I always imagined it to be like a bit nasal, like for some reason. I don't know. I think they perhaps changed the way he talked in that scene with Reiner. I always felt like it was a bit more passive-aggressive in the manga, and I just got a different vibe here. Though it's not necessarily for like because of the voice acting. I just I enjoy it. Like I think it's I think it's good. Not gonna complain about his voice actor at all. What about Peak? I think Peak has two different moods for me. Like two different vibes. One is you know this cute, wholesome, lazy Peak, which we all like to meme about. 
And like, <laughs> the other is this serious one. And I think this voice is perfect for the first one. And I'm just not sure how how well it can do the second one, like more serious scenes where she's angry and something like that, maybe. Like, I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything, but like, if her mood changes, I'm curious how this, you know, cute voice is going to, is going to transition there, but I trust her VA and I think they have a lot of range. So I think it can be done. So as for me, uh, Orpheus voice actor is my absolute favorite because he fully matches the voice I always imagined for him. And I think uh, the actor did a fantastic job with his voice because normally he's as he as an actor sounds much higher when he talks. And I thought the emotions in his voice really brought the character to life in this episode. And as you guys probably know already, Volko's voiced by Toshiki Masuda. And I really don't think there's a better person that they could have picked for Porco because Masuda had a band together with Hosoya, who is Reiner's voice actor. It was a pop duet band called Max Boys. And funny enough, I actually was familiar with their music before I became a fan of SNK, which says a lot because I followed SNK since like 2013. So it's been a really long while. <laughs> uh, I had the happiest panic attack of my life when I found out that it was Masuda who was going to voice Porco because I really just couldn't believe it. Uh, Naldia, uh, my friend, uh, messaged me about it and I was just sitting in front of my computer going like, no way, no, no, <laughs> no, you, you're lying, this can't be. And and I, I had to go and check the website again and I had to check his Twitter to make sure it was true because I still can frankly believe it. Uh, it's really like I'm dreaming it all up, really. And uh, I just knew uh, since uh, Voice Actor was announced that the old moments between Pork and Reiner would just be so well done because I think it's just so much easier for the voice actors to work together when they know each other and have a good relationship. Mm. So uh, as for Pink, uh, we've known her voice actors for a few years now because she voiced for Titan form as well, even though as a Titan form, it's... Uh, of course, edited, but uh, still, uh, we knew who the voice actress was, and uh, I like how tired she sounded this episode, so I think uh, the actress is doing a good job, but I'm not the biggest fan of her voice range. I would go for something deeper for Pig, uh, because uh, it is kind of too cutesy, I think, and uh, even maybe childish a little in the way she sounds. Because if you don't look at the character and just listen to her voice, it really gives you, I feel, a different vibe from uh, who Peek is. Because she's so smart, she's older than the rest of the, the group. And uh, I mean, the rest of the group, like she's older than Reiner's group, because she's uh, in the middle between Zeke's group. So Zeke is like the first generation of warriors. Peek is from the second group. Then there's Reiner's group. Then there's Colt. And then there's Gabby's group. I'm surprised that so many people liked her voice, but it's good for them. Uh, I'm sure I'll get more used to it. And like Oko said, I'm very curious to find out how she sounds in different situations when she's more serious, when she's fighting. So we'll we'll have to see about that. Off topic, but just a question. Uh, how would you feel if uh, instead of Peek opening the door, just a guy walked in, like the original Peek design, and he was like, <laughs> Don't bully Reiner, mate. <laughs> I would feel fantastic. <laughs> that uh, would have been a nice gag to use. If they did, uh, you know, if they had a special 
section on Blu-ray discs with the, like, uh, you know, <laughs> bad cuts. Like a gag reel. <laughs> Oliver, Oliver Pick was his name originally. So for the anime only who are listening, yeah, Oliver Peake was supposed to be like this middle-aged man, <laughs> which was originally Peake's design before Isayama decided to change it to uh, the cute, sweet Peake we know now. Yes, I love it. I love it. I actually really liked her voice. I thought it suited her well, although I can understand your concerns for how she will sound in later seasons or later seasons, later episodes when, you know, the situation changes a bit. I, yeah, I'm, I think she can pull it off, but we'll have to wait and see. And I didn't know that about Porco. I did see you be excited, like, about his voice actor, but I didn't know why. But I, okay, so he was in a band with Reiner's voice actor. This is like the perfect season for you. Everything is coming together perfectly. <laughs> All according to Keikaku, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And it's not, it's, you know, it's not just a band. It was like a duo between the two of them. And mm. they had a radio show together for a few years. They toured. It's, it's great. Oh, my God. I feel like, yeah, the universe is aligning. The stars are aligning. <laughs> We'll talk about that later. I have another, yet another essay prepared on the subject. Yeah, I, I figured. I also have some questions. <laughs> How did you guys feel about um, the scenes they included with Porco? Because I feel like he comes off a much sweeter, much nicer in the uh, anime compared to the manga. Because, you know, he's giving out headpads to Gabby and Falco and he just overall s seems not as... I don't know, snarky? <laughs> you have no idea how much I screamed when I saw that. Even though I warned my family members about me watching a show and being very emotional about it, they had to come running to my room because I was just screaming uh, when I saw those two little additions with the headpads to Gabby and Falco. I feel like these scenes are really precious. It makes warriors look like this one big family. And these kids... And like the grown-up warriors, they're like mentors, like and students. They have this really unique relationship that you don't really get to see in like other stories. Like these guys are gonna die for you, and you're gonna have to eat them, for God's sake. So, just having that bond between them, any sort of filler which you know adds up on that is a welcome one for me. And yeah, Porco is a bit softer this episode. I think, I don't know, maybe they're trying to make him more likable on purpose because from what I remember in the manga, people have a really wrong picture about him, like the kind of person he is. They take the the bullying Reiner part way too seriously. And you have two biggest Porco stands ever at your podcast right now, Porco Defense Squad. I think these scenes, like a big part of his character for me is him caring about his comrades. And I think... This is a really nice way to show it. Yeah, it, it was perfect. I, I really, again, I just cannot believe it. We're getting this because it's just, it's uh, everything that I've ever wanted pretty much. Again, I, I will definitely elaborate on that later because uh, I have some thoughts about it. <laughs> yeah, I know that in the manga, the manga readers didn't really care for him. I think it was Reiko who did the character polls. And I think... Porco was pretty much always at the bottom, every poll. Which just proves you that this fandom deserves no rights. And 
<laughs> horrible taste in general, horrible. Well, the, uh, I, f I felt that the anime results were better from what I've seen on various platforms discussing this episode from anime onlys and just people in general. Uh, reactions to him definitely were more positive. So, Yeah, I think so. I think so. Seeing it in color and with the voice acting and, again, considering how fast-paced it is, it's really helping people to get a different picture, which is great. I welcome it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a question on the anime-only poll about how much they like uh, Porco. Well, maybe you can include that one for, well, not just for Porco, but for Peak as well. They did have one for Peak. <laughs> oh, okay. well, duh, of course. Well, Peak is definitely much more likable to general audience. And I mean, I love her too. It's I don't think it's possible not to love her. She's great. But she has this charm that people fall for very easily. So she's definitely more popular. I saw um, a rating from Anime News Network, I think, for this episode, and Reiner had uh, over a thousand points. Uh, I guess it was uh, conducted by the searching on the website or something like that in regards to this episode. And uh, Peak was on the second place. And then they had like Gabi Falco, I think some other characters. Spark was in the middle somewhere. And uh, I think Udo and Zofia were towards the end. But Peek is definitely very popular. Oh, yeah. Everyone in the anime only is just like, yeah, best girl, cutie, <laughs> waifu. <laughs> I wonder if, if they are going to catch up on the that's exactly right meme that Zeke does thingy. I like, don't think it was as obvious in the anime, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame. It's such a great moment in the manga. <laughs> I really wonder how they would have reacted to the scene they cut with, with her crawling. I think that would have been just so so nice for them to see. Yeah, so there was in the manga, there was a scene where she's crawling on the floor and like Porco walks up the stairs and he sees her and he's like startled because he didn't expect her to be crawling on the floor and it's so funny. <laughs> but they cut it and I don't think we'll be getting it later on. Well... I feel that it's such an iconic scene that it's a really big shame that they did cut it. There are some moments a little later where they can possibly put it. So I'm not losing all my hope yet because it, it is a really great scene. It, it really is. And uh, it's a shame, really, that we didn't get to see it. So I'm just going to stay hopeful for now. I think a lot of issues I had personally with this episode when it comes to deleted scenes can be fixed later on. Like, they missed the opportunity on some. Like, that train is already gone on some. But there's quite a few they can fix. And they can add stuff, which is great. Though, considering the pacing, that seems not so likely, but still. It really, really does suck that we have to cut away the moments due to pacing. But I don't think any of those scenes that are fundamental for the story are going to be touched, you know? So I'm not really worried about that. And those things that they did cut, even if we are not seeing them in the future episodes, I feel that they were, even though it's sad for me that they did cut it because I love those characters and I would love to see all of those interactions and each and every single one of those lines that we are missing. But I don't think that they fundamentally change anything here. So I'm not crazy negative about it. I'm just going to enjoy the good stuff we have. I'm going to try to be positive as well. You did see me rant on Twitter a bit about this. <laughs> a bit. A bit. <laughs> a bit. 
but again, I was really trying to point out that I'm not trying to be negative. I really do enjoy the episode. I'm hyped as a little kid when 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 it's Sunday, you know, and I have to get to watch a new episode. So, but they do have an issue with how they portray the Reiner in this episode. I think if they cut few of his moments, that would have been fine. But they kind of cut all of his facial expressions, almost all, which doesn't change all much. But the point of this arc to me always feels like it's to relate to Reiner, to see his point of view better. Like him and Falco are the main players. And then maybe like Gabby in this arc, if you ask me. And like especially Reiner. This should feel like a slice of life thing with Reiner, you know, having him talk to his cousin or have dinner and everything, which is great. But over here, he just comes off as a bit straight line, like pretty monotone. Like he's always up in his head thinking, like even the scene with Porco in the manga, for example, he doesn't, Porco is a bit more like passive aggressive. He pokes Reiner. He's like, so what? You were getting saved all the time, right? And Reiner smiles when he remembers for a second all, all these memories mm-hmm. of how he used to behave. And then he gets pretty calm at the moment and he answers, that's exactly right, Galliard. And Porco is like, he's stunned for a second. He's like, what? Reiner's answers uh, leave people very confused sometimes, even with his family during the dinner scene. Right. His family was like also really confused. It feels like these people don't understand Reiner. It feels like Reiner is just Somebody who's seen so much, he's so above everyone else around him that like others just can't understand him. And you just feel bad for Reiner. Even during the dinner scene, which was my one of my favorite scenes in the entire manga, like I think the dialogue there is perfect. When Gabby is talking about like, her view of Eldians and like devils and whatnot, and like how Reiner must have had a horrible life there, Reiner smiles. He can't contain his emotion. Like he b- almost bursts out laughing at one point and then he covers it with his mouth and people think he's he had like a something triggered him or something like his family is like oh are you okay are you fine and when his hand is moved we actually see a smirk he was actually laughing so it just shows us that reiner actually like thinks everything is so absurd that whole situation it just feels so you know weird to him and he's seen way too much to ever be able to think as everyone else around him and you feel and you feel for the guy which in the enemy is not as clear i think it's still cl- clear enough but perhaps not as clear you know and I'd, I'd appreciate these small moments with him just smiling here and there to see that he's like functioning like a normal person and has like deep emotion i agree about that and there is also a moment when they walk with gabe in 95 i think and before the meeting and first of all they initially go through a market there and uh, people address them. Uh, they say something like, hello, our little warrior to Gabby and uh, hello, vice chief to Reiner. And they talk with those people and they're smiling. And uh, then when they have a conversation with Gabby, uh, she says a lot of really important lines about Titan uh, inheritance, which I hope they will include later on, because if those are completely gone, then that's bad news for me personally. <laughs> uh, those lines were really important, uh, just plot-wise in general. And uh, when they talk about Karina, Reiner says that, well, Gabby says that she uh, she's worried that Karina is uh, definitely worried about Reiner. And Reiner says that, of course, she would be worried because her son 
went away as a 12-year-old boy and he returned as a middle-aged man. And he also smiles there. In, in the anime, I think he said this line, but there was no emotional reaction at all. Yeah, in the anime, yeah. that whole thing is the straight line. It's like a matter-of-fact thing, kind of. Yeah, yeah, so it completely changed the tone of that, so I definitely agree that... I feel that Reiner becomes more like this, how they're showing him now, later in the story. But during this moment, he still had some positivity. <laughs> that still. So they decided to cut that all away. Yeah, he reminds me of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> In the anime, in the anime, he's like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> in the manga, he's like, you know, smiling and all that, like smirking. I don't know, he just feels more relatable. He feels like uh, yeah. like he's living an everyday life. He isn't as affected by war and like the current situation as much as anime paints it. Like, I think his troubles definitely, you know, start this episode when he's told that he needs to go to the island but before that i think he was actually trying to live a normal balanced life and enjoy what he can and yeah i think these things are important for because we don't relate to characters only through like oh they suffer so like i feel bad for them i think seeing them function in everyday society is really important for us to like feel like they are humans especially for like villain characters who we've perceived as villains before like Reiner, for example. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you that I miss the smiles, like the, the hidden smiles when he reminisces about Paradis and thinking of his comrades of the 104th. But I also miss like pauses when he's thinking and trying to not let anyone see how he thinks about the Paradisians. He's, he's definitely playing a role. Like he's not telling them his true feelings because he can't. And in the manga, he looks really tired of everything. And in the anime, he's he's just determined in a way. Like his experiences definitely have shaped him, but I don't feel they're they're wearing him down as much as they did in the manga. And I think that was one of my favorite parts in the manga. So I'm kind of sad that it's it's not weighing as heavy on him. Many may say it's nitpicking, but really, I don't feel like it is. I feel like when I read those moments, they, they stuck with me. Yeah, I know. I think what made people really understand and fall in love with Reiner, and I don't think you get the same from the anime episodes. You don't really get this insight into his character as much, which I think is a pity. It is. Actually, I, I watched a lot of YouTube reactions, and people seem to be really sympathizing with Reiner. Uh, I would say maybe more so than um, they did when they were reading manga. Or, well, not they, but, you know, when manga readers were reading those chapters. Uh, and I'm talking, of course, about people who are not Warrior or Reiner fans in particular, but just general SNK readers or viewers in this case. And uh, a lot of people seem to be sympathizing with him. A lot of people seem to recognize that he's now a main character, at least for this arc. Uh, I, I've, I've noticed people say that a lot, and I was actually surprised by it because it's just the second episode and... No, he wasn't in the focus as much in the first one. So uh, I was really pleasantly surprised with that. Yeah, I think the next couple of episodes, it will dive deeper into, you know, his state of mind. And we might see him act more similar to how he did in the manga. Yeah, I hope so. I'm, I'm also very curious how people react to him. Because I feel like 
Attack on Titan breaks all these shonen tropes, you know, mm-hmm. left and right. Especially starting from now, like from from Marley Arc, it starts breaking them everywhere, and with Reiner in a way. I think they still have this perception of him as this, you know, oh, well, he's going to join the good guys, you know, he's going to do that, whatever, you know. Like, how you typically feel when you see a when you see a previous villain as someone who gets his perspective, you know. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not going to get into spoilers, but I'm just curious how they react. Will he have his Prince Zuko moment where he gets to choose? What if you join the good guys or stay with the bad guys? <laughs> bad, bad, bad warriors of Marley. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think about the the little flash of the guy jumping off the rooftop? Well, I thought it was good for them to be showing all these horrors of war. It's a very short moment, so I didn't think it mattered much for the pacing. So it didn't take away much time. So I thought that was a, an interesting addition. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna double down and say that it, the point of the scene was more than just showing the horrors of war. There is just something about the way it was framed that I think it has some more significance than, you know, showing PTSD and everything. If it if it is just that, like good, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, it's gonna have some meaning that they're gonna change a few things around, especially because they focused on it later on after Gabby and Reiner were talking, but I just have no idea what they're going to do with it. I still like it. Like it's, it's a neat addition that they're trying to change stuff around a bit. Yeah, I, I think it works well. And I like that the scenes that they add are like pretty short. Like I said in the last podcast, they don't feel like filler. They really add something to the story. And about scenes that were like shortened or left out, it would be nice to get them at a later stage, but I am kind of okay if we don't, I'll say. To the story that's being told, I don't think they're that important. Yeah, and a lot of stuff can be, you know, maneuvered around and changed. It's not going to change the essence. It's more about, I feel like, in this arc in particular, important for the characters to be fleshed out as much as possible, because, like, it's the other side. and. You know, it's the enemies. And the more you fall for the enemies, the better, right? The more conflict it creates down the line. True. So this episode was based on chapter 93 and the first half of chapter 94 and 95. Did you enjoy that restructuring? And is there anything else you wish they added from the manga or maybe had left out or changed in any way? Well, like I already said, I think the restructuring is fine. Uh, we'll have to see more uh, about that in the future episodes because so far it's really hard to judge if it was a good decision or not because we'll have to see those second parts of those chapters that they combine here. So I am not against it. I think uh, it can definitely work uh, for the story better to have it like this because, again, with the manga, the pacing... Um, of the chapters, the way they come out, I mean, it's very different because we get one chapter per month. And uh, at the anime airs, uh, an episode per week. And uh, the way the readers consume the material and the way the anime watchers consume the episodes, it's very different. So the anticipation, uh, the 
you know, theory building and everything like that really works in a different way, I think, between manga and anime. So some things that had to be added to manga to keep the readers going, for example, those little flashbacks to parody islands that were cut, uh, at least, you know, visually. So they uh, were mentioned in this episode during this dining scene. But uh, in the manga, for those who are anime onlys and only watch the episodes, so those scenes were illustrated by flashbacks in manga. In the anime, they did not add those. And I feel that they had to be in the manga because, again, readers uh, were getting very sad about not seeing those characters of the older cast for a while. And uh, they had to be there. But in the anime, since the pacing is in general much quicker, they felt the liberty to just not show those and not waste any time on them, I guess, because the time is already so short. So in general, I am definitely positive about restructuring and we'll just have to see more of it to judge it. Hmm. How about you, Poco? I've seen a lot of people complain about these, us not seeing 104 and everything on parody while Reiner was talking. And they do understand like why they perhaps didn't want to do it. Perhaps they like didn't want to create the scenes in their own style because they would be too different from what Wit did. And then just putting Wit's scenes there would maybe create this gap because the art styles are different, basically. So yeah, I think it's a studio, it's a studio thing. Yeah, so, yeah. They would have to create like all the character designs for those older faces, you know, and Well, older, younger faces, you know, I mean, younger faces of characters. So that definitely adds up. I think the same way uh, why they cut Titans here. So not to use the 3D and um, because in manga, there were, again, some uh, quick panels to showcase some stuff here and there. But in the anime, they really had to cut on that for, for the visuals, I think. Not, not, to, not to waste energy on that. Them removing that does cheapen the scene a bit, but I think it's nothing significant. And regarding the the pacing and structuring or restructuring i'd say so far so good but i'm a bit anxious when it comes to the rest i think if they cover most of it like minus some like cute scenes like that one with pork and peak sure you can maneuver around those but if you manage to fit everything bravo like good job i'm just anxious that they might not be able to do it but i'm we're just gonna have to wait and see I, well, apart from the things that I've already said, I am at least happy with the adaption so far. And I don't think any any scenes were really missing or should have been changed um, to fit with the story better. I just miss a little bit more of Reiner's characterization. But I'm expecting we'll get that in the next couple of episodes. So far, I'm pretty content with Mappa's adaption. Yeah, people are gonna be mad if you don't mention Bert being cut, I feel like. Because in his dream and the Ackerman thing, it plays a bit different in the manga as well. Both Ackerman scenes are from Reiner's point of view. Mm -hmm. It's a bit weird that they decided to show Levi, like and Zeke, and then Mikasa and Reiner. I feel, yeah, I feel a little different about that because uh, I, I felt that actually what was a really nice... Uh, transition, okay, yeah. Transition, sure. yeah. Because Zeke starts remembering Levi and then Reiner starts remembering Mikasa and that's how it connects there. Because Levi was the one who kind of slaughtered Zeke and Mikasa blew 
Reiner's brains out, so that makes sense to me. Because actually, yes, no, no, I mean, in, in, in manga, all those three scenes that so Reiner was having dreams about, there was Levi attacking him, Mikasa attacking him, and Colossal Titan falling down, which was presumably from Reiner's uh, perspective there, even though technically he shouldn't have seen that uh, since he was at a different point uh, of the of the city at that moment and with like a blindfold over his eyes. So uh, I don't think he should have seen that. But anyway, that was seen. And uh, here they changed uh, Levi's scene to Zeke's. So they made a nice transition with it. In in the manga, the whole description about the Ackermans was done a little differently. It was much longer. And uh, the transition there was also different. So Zeke was talking about Ackermans in general. They both were shown. And then... They showed those two flashbacks with Reiner and Colossal Titan falling down, and then he wakes up. And here in the anime, they just connected the beats with Zeke's uh, and Levi's scene and Reiner and Mikasa's. So I thought it worked. Uh, again, I think Colossal Titan was cut mostly due to 3D reasons, because they would have to do the model for him, and that's where it had to be you know, done like that. Yeah, also, I always felt sense. that this this whole uh, scene of Reiner waking up and his weight, because he does say weight when um, uh, they attack him with thunder spears in Shiganshina. So uh, I thought always that his dream was more about his, uh, you know, trauma during these battles. So I think that message, you know, translates well. Uh, it's always said that we get to scenes cut. It's sad to see any of the scenes cut. So uh, I would have loved to see Colossal Titan in this style that MAP is using, but it is what it is. Yeah, and one more thing I remember I found particularly funny when Zeke talks about the Ackermans, he ends it on, and to be frank, I never want to meet them again. True, Which was yeah. just so, so cute. And, and then it cuts to everything, so yeah. Like, Zeke's trauma is so funny to me. <laughs> so funny how Levi just destroyed him. I will say one of my favorite changes is how much Gabby is blushing compared to the manga. Oh, yeah, the moment when he's like, Reiner, and she hugs him. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's... She's so cute. Well, she's really well drawn. Yeah. I think she's taken all the blushy moments from Falco, because I don't think I've seen him blush once. No, he did blush during the first episode. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he did when, she, when she takes off her... You know, oh, right, right, yes. <laughs> the nosebleed moment. <laughs> he did blush there. And in the manga, in those chapters, I don't think he, he blushed. Uh, I mean, in 93 and 94, so... I think uh, they did in 94 when Gabi... When they get off the train in Liberio. Yes, they did cut that completely. So yeah. that he's yeah. not blushing because this whole scene is missing. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was again said that they cut it, but it doesn't change anything fundamentally. So, and last episode I complained about Magat's demeanor, like that he was so mean compared to the uh, manga. But this episode, he felt like the Magat that I know and love. Like when he came up to them and kind of made fun of Zeke and Cold and their Eldian asses, but in the meantime was also kind of shooting the breeze with them. Magus is just so great. Yeah. Best character, truly. My favorite. 
Oh, he, he's your favorite now, Alina. <laughs> of course, he, he, he always is. Like I am, you know, everyone thinks that I am a Reiner Stan or Porco Stan, but actually, first and <laughs> foremost, I am a Maga Stan. Mm. <laughs> I'm just looking at the chapter right now in the in the manga, the scene where he's watching all the kids, like he's he's walking with them up until the gates and they all meet their families. In the manga, it's not really that well shown, I guess. But in the anime, you actually see him watching them, then slowly walking away. It has this like sad tone. So overall, I think we had some small gripes with the episode, but we liked it. I loved it. We did. Okay. (laughs) If we look at the anime-only watchers, I think the majority also loved it. 55% gave it a 5 out of 5. And... For the manga readers, it's a bit lower. I think they gave it, yeah, 44% gave it a 5 out of 5. So overall, the anime only seemed to enjoy it more. Good enough, considering that manga only aren't crazy about Reiner's everyday life and stuff like that. They for sure expect, you know, they're looking for some other scenes in this arc, I'd say. Well, I wonder if they, they decided to give it a lower rating because, you know, things were missing or... Like we said, it's going by too quickly. <laughs> Maybe it's not even for dislike for the warrior side of the the cast. One funny thing is also like next episode, uh, we know it's going to be a flashback. The anime onlys uh, were asked, uh, how excited are you finally to get the warrior backstory? And about 70% of them was like, hell yes! And I'd say like 90% in total is looking forward to it. So, yeah, I think it's time to move into uh, the manga spoilers. So, anime only, thank you for listening so far. We'll take a short break. And after break, we will dive into the spoilers. Finally. Bye, anime only. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> So welcome back, everyone. We're going to discuss the episode a little bit more in depth now. And we're going to be mentioning some manga spoilers. So, Poco, let's start with you. What's this topic you want to start with? Eren's appearance and everything. I think it was really subtle in the anime. From my like reactions, like reactions I've seen from anime only, not everyone picked up on it, but like, yeah, I, li- I like the approach manga is, uh, Mappa is doing with first showing us Jean and everything. Like, it's like slowly building up the tension. I honestly thought it was executed really well. I have watched a bunch of reactions on YouTube and many people have completely missed him. But some got it about Eren when the scene with Falco happens. However, not a single person got the scene on the balcony. And I think. That's because they only show the top of his head in the anime. And since we already saw Jean in the last episode, people are now looking for clues for more characters. So in the manga, we see his back and the armband on the wrong side, which gives it away. And I remember that a lot of people, including me, were certain it was Aaron because it just had to be him with the armband on the wrong side. No one else could have possibly done that but him. But in the anime, they only show the top of his head. And since it's long black hair, 
or dark hair. Many people seem to think that it was some of the female characters, like either Sasha, Mikasa, or Hanji. So that was interesting to see. I saw some anime only thinking it was Pete. <laughs> watching, looking over them, watching out for the <laughs> guardian angel. Uh, I uh, thought it was weird that no one made the connection after seeing Aaron with Falco, because a lot of people there got it, and I would think that they would think back to that to that scene and be like, "Oh, wait a minute, <laughs> we already saw him." But no, no one really commented on that. Uh, maybe they will notice it after rewatching it. I don't know. Yeah, probably. It's kind of. Funny because I'm looking at like the poll results from uh, what was it, chapter 93 when we first saw uh, Aaron, but like from the back and with this arm on, on the wrong side. And like the vast majority of people did not guess that it was Aaron. I think only 3% wow. guessed correctly that no it was way. Aaron. Wow. Like 36% thought it was like a random person, like nobody interesting. And well, 40. 3% did think it was like a spy from Paradise, but like not specifically Aaron. So, I mean, I, I'm i okay with like letting this go for like the, the anime only if they didn't recognize him. Yeah, I don't even remember how I felt about it. Like, I don't even remember if I know this Aaron or not. I remember definitely that we, at least when I say we, I mean my uh, circle of friends with the other warrior fans and Reiner fans. We definitely talked about it being Aaron. And then yeah. in the next chapter, again, you don't really see his face in full in 94, but in next chapter by 94, we were 100% sure it was Aaron. Uh, uh, people still were unconvinced until like 97. So, <laughs> yeah. And even then, people didn't recognize him. I was mm -hmm. like, <laughs> how do you not recognize those eyes? <laughs> yeah. Well, his but, eyes his eyes weren't shown in '94, but if you mean in '97, yeah. No, true. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we had our suspicions. I remember in '93, but like '94 was really confirmed because he was like putting the um, the speech bubbles like over Aaron's face or something. Yeah. Like he was deliberately trying to not show his face, which yeah. at that point we knew it has to be someone we know. Sneaky Sayama. I just, I guess, I always, I always thought Aaron would look really good with long hair because his titan has long hair, so it was a welcome change to his design and appearance. Yeah, it was foreshadowed in a way. Like after the events of Return to Shiganshina, we had this one chapter, which is like a year later. His hair is significantly longer, so you'd only assume he's gonna let it grow. But like mm -hmm. one thing I found interesting was. At the end of episode one, they showed us Jean, right? But at that yes. point in time, Jean and Eren have not communicated yet. And like Survey Corps and everyone are completely lost. They didn't get letters from Eren. They only knew what was going to happen after, after they got letters from Falco, which is going to happen in like in the next two episodes, I assume. So yeah, it was, it, it's, it's interesting that they decided to show it. It seems as if they are planning something, but... Actually, at, at that point in time, they are still very lost. Yeah, I think they knew that Aaron went to Marley without them, but they didn't know where he was. So they were just keeping track on like the events that were happening until Aaron got in touch with them. I often think about that because like these guys must have like Mikasa. What was she doing? Like she was freaking out. It's been months. she was having a nervous breakdown somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people who are anime onlys and. Uh 
during the YouTube reactions, they theorize about the infiltration going on and they really do believe that there's this whole plan already happening. Yeah. But that's what everyone else thought as well in the manga. They were like, yeah, Aaron is there with the service corps permission and they're gonna, you know, they're on the same page. And well, then... I mean, eventually they did come to his aid. So I guess it's pretty much the same thing, really. Not really, because he kind of went off on his own and he kind of forced them to come, more or less. No, of course, that is true. But I mean, that uh, what mattered to the readers is that we saw those characters again and they took part in action. So th that's my point. Uh, okay, no, I was just mentioning, like, whether the Survey Corps was there, like, if they were in cooperation with Eren from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That they thought similarly about the whole event in Liberio, but... Yeah, they really didn't. No. <laughs> but do you think it was subtle enough, or do you think it was too obvious? I don't think it was too obvious, because uh, many people didn't get it at all. That shows it wasn't obvious, I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, if I was an anime only, I'm sure I would have understood it was Aaron. Because, I mean, we saw him in the trailer with this exact yeah. appearance since the, uh, you know, bandages on his eye. Uh, I don't know how those people can possibly not get that it's him, but they didn't. So <laughs> I guess it's subtle enough. I think it was just fine. You know, if someone wants to look deeper into things, I'm sure they would know this. If not... Like, even better, you got the surprise coming in, in an episode or two. To me, it wasn't too obvious, even if you've seen the trailer, because he looks pretty good in the trailer, and here he looks like a smelly hobo, and it didn't focus as much on his face, so I feel like it's still subtle enough. Like, it, it seems like he's going to be an important character, but it doesn't necessarily have to be someone we know. So I think it's still ambiguous enough for anime onlys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you guys think about like Porco and you know he had a little bit more interaction with Falco, which I'm guessing is um, because it's leading up to Porco eventually passing on his Titan to Falco. So if I can start with my essay, <laughs> okay. Uh -huh, so let me let me uh, let me take uh, a coffee. Uh, no, I promise it won't be that long. Okay. So, is they my favorite characters? To me, to me personally, this relationship between Reiner, Gabby, Falco, and Porco is very important in the story. And they have a lot of parallels going between them since both pairs have been in this competition to get the armored titan, which eventually goes wrong. It's pretty much sabotaged both times. So I think all fans fully understand how deep and how pure the connection is between Reiner and the kids because it has been established on screen for a good while. But when it comes mm -hmm. to Porco, tons of people seem to miss a lot of it. There are many moments where Porco has shown his care for Gabby and Falco in manga. I mean, when he cheers for Falco winning the race against Gabby in 98, and how he always protects them on the battlefield as well. And vice versa, how the kids looked out for him as well uh, during the Liberia battle. But all those interactions, they have been much more subtle, so it's easy for them to go unnoticed for many people, especially if you compare it to Reiner's scenes with the kids. So I think it's a wonderful idea that they decided to include this to show his softer side and to establish his bond with the kids and make it much more obvious for the viewers. 
And I personally couldn't be happier about it because uh, I don't think I will ever have uh, one more bad day in my entire life because the sin exists and it just makes <laughs> me so happy to look at They really did a good job drawing his smile and he just looks so happy and my heart really can't take it. No, <laughs> it's too good. Yeah, like I've spoken about it earlier. I think the relationship between warriors and the candidates is important and one of the one of Porco's most defining features, which people often overlook, is that he really does care about his comrades and he's really passionate about protecting them. Which we see it when Bertolt is mentioned later, and like when Peak and Zeke get injured and all that. So yeah, seeing him just be all this cute and like warm with them is is a nice detail to his character. Makes him again, like I said, makes him slightly more likable to those who don't wanna look deeper into his character and, you know, take that extra mile to find find some cool traits about him, which, like I said, he we discussed this before, like, a lot of things about him go overlooked and his character. So, yeah, I'm glad that anime just painted it a bit better for for wider audiences, let's say. Yeah, I, I love the addition of him, like, patting Falco and also Gabby. It's just... Oh, he's so wholesome this episode. I love it. Oh, yes. And they feel like a family. Like they feel like a like a group which is really tight and close together. I mean, more so than in the manga, for me at least. I was yeah, it's they're really enforcing, you know, how well they work together, how much they look out for each other. Like it's gonna hurt when it oh, all yeah. comes crumbling down. Because <laughs> oh. even even like in the manga, I remember when they find out that Zeke is the traitor. I remember mm. Porco grabbing his head. He's like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> it was really painful yeah. for him. He really didn't see it coming, <laughs> unlike yeah, everybody yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke betraying them really still hurts me so much. Like, Zeke is such an awesome character. I think he's a really great character. He's very funny. There's a lot of uh, in the story that depends on him. But uh, the way he betrayed his family to be protective of Aaron, who is his brother by blood, but Aaron then betrays him in return. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, Zeke, you know. betrayed your real brothers and sisters and to Paul, get like, that. <laughs> Paul was his real little brother, actually, and not Aaron. And just seeing him make the wrong choice there is just, I think it's poetic justice in a way. Karma is a bitch. Yeah, I think, I think for me personally, Zeke killing Colt is the, the uh, like uh, the, the most uh, in, irredeemable part of him. Like nothing can yeah, change yeah, yeah. that for me because he really did not have to kill Colt. He really could have just waited and, you know, they could have battled there for a little longer. The, he could have let Colt and Falco get away, but he chose not to. He deliberately chose I mean... not to do that. So. Did he, did he really mean to kill Colt, though? It was obvious he was going to die. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, Colt held on to Falco. It's not like Colt tried to make a run for it. Yeah. Well, still, you know, it was pretty obvious that he was going to get killed. Colt could have if he wasn't such a caring brother, but... I mean, I, I kind of love that scene. That's kind of where I started to really love Colt, where he just holds on to Falco and says everything's going to be okay. Colt is really sweet, but his death was huh. pretty useless, really, because, uh, you know, he knew that there were Titan shifters around, including Zeke, so he could have tried to feed Zeke to Falco instead of, you know, dying. 
I know, but it's just so sweet. <laughs> yeah, it is sweet. And it, it is it is a very important moment. Like, it defines both Zeke and Cold really well, I think. It's the most tragic, mm. tragic moment. Like, most tragic that in the manga for me. The tragic part is it not having a big purpose. And it happening, like, purely out of love. Yeah. Which is devastating to me. Yeah. Maybe they'll add more scenes with Cold. I would love that. I hope so. I hope so for sure, yeah. Because they animate him quite well. Yeah, I hope they do show him playing catch with Zeke. Mm. They have to, really. They really should. Not Hopefully not cut that out. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> no! Please I want to no. see that. I really felt Colt was going to be important. Like, after Marley Arc, you see, like, he had a lot of screen time, and then he just shows up on Paradis. Reunites with Falco for one, two chapters and just dies. That's the day when I realized Isayama hates warriors. Oh, no, he doesn't. But he's cruel yeah, to them. Cruel. To them more than, than, than to the survey corps, I'd say. Well, I hope in the end, you know, our suffering will be repaid. <laughs> hope so. So, the scenes we look most forward to. Do you want to go first, Alina? Sure. I definitely look forward to my favorite chapters, which are 104 and 119. And yes, both of them will kill me emotionally. <laughs> They're also my favorite chapters, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> Episode 5 will most likely have chapters 99 and 100, and uh, I really anticipate that as well, that the tension in that episode is going to be just crazy. I'm really wondering how they're going to handle the flashbacks because I think they may move some of Reiner's flashback from, well, that are supposed to happen next episode to episode number five because uh, they just will not have enough screen time for them next week. Well, this week, I mean, this Sunday. So, mm. so we'll see. Yeah. It's not that I want them to move uh, those flashbacks there. It's just that I think those two chapters, in particular 99 and 100, they're kind of slow because there's a lot of talking going on and just two scenes that we see really taking the stage and Erin and Reiner talking in the basement. So I think they can fit some of those flashbacks there. When, uh, when Reiner talked about their time on parodies, how he forced Annie and Bertolt to act, I think they can move some of that there. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they handle flashbacks because I can't figure out like any plan. They they must <laughs> honestly like I've tried to figure out how to fit everything and just nah, I got no idea. But yeah, I'm looking forward for seeing like chapter one hundred and nineteen as well, for obvious reasons. It was like such an emotional roller coaster for me, mm -hmm. and like loving Porco and I honestly think he has the best stat in the in the in the manga yeah no doubt no contest i <laughs> i was hurt but at the same time i wasn't hurt because like if he if he were to die this is like the perfect way to die and i always expected him to die maybe not this early but yeah it's interesting that like he's one of these characters who are gonna die this season actually him and colt a lot of other deaths are gonna happen in in the like aftermath project which Either it's going to be a movie or another season. It's interesting that you say that. I want to bring up a little fact here, if I may. 
on manga covers, there's the back part of it, and uh, they show you the characters. Since uh, Malayak has started, they had the picture of the warriors there. And then when, as it was progressing, they added Eren to the left. So there's like Malayan group on the right. And initially it had all of them. So it had Zeke, Reiner, uh, Porco, Colt, Peak, uh, and four kids on it. And they added Eren to the left. And then they added the survey corps to the left when they appeared. And then uh, as characters started dying, they started taking them off the covers. So first... Uh, Zofia and Udo were taken and Sasha. Then Zeke was moved to the left. So Zeke was moved to Aaron's group. And interestingly enough, uh, on volume 31, so volume 30 includes chapters from 119 to 122. And in 119, Porco and Colt die. Mm -hmm. And in uh, 122, Aaron's transformation happens into the founding titan. And since volume 31, they not only took Porco and Colt off those covers, they also took Zeke and Aaron off. So <laughs> I'm not sure uh, how much we can rely on that because, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we, we saw Aaron be decapitated. So <laughs> Yes. I mean, uh, when Hanji and Levi were out of the plot for a while, they were still on the covers. So they were uh, thought to be dead quote-unquote, in the story, but they were never yeah. taking off the back cover. So, like I said, I'm not sure how much we can rely on that because I'm not sure if Isayama does those, if it's just done by an editor. But Zeke and Aaron were taken out as if they both died. And since last chapter, since Falco now has, like, those two alternative forms for his titan, like a dog form and a beast form, some people mm -hmm. are speculating. And also we saw Zeke's titan among those dead titans that are... Yeah. spoken about as titans of the past shifters so people are now saying what if zeke did die in that chapter so maybe he still exists as spirit and past or whatever so we may still see him as a character but what if he's physically dead and his power was passed on and i'm thinking okay if zeke is dead what if is what if aaron is also physically dead because he's decapitated what if his power also transferred to someone and i'm not going to you know go into more theorizing here. I'm just going to give all our listeners this food for thought here. So think about it. Think about what consequences it may <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I for sure think that the the battle of of Shiganshina Part Two, right, with Marlene's and Aaron getting decapitated, it needs to have some weight later on. Like these, them losing their bodies and having consequences because of that need to like. Something like that needs to happen because, you know, people just randomly dying and them both getting out scot-free is just not something I'd be a fan of. I think I never expected Zeke to be, to be like physically present. I don't think his character arc is over, though I'm more and more scared with each chapter, honestly, with how Isayama is handling all that. I think for sure it's going to be a problem for Eren because we currently see he's, he's only a head. And mm -hmm. I like to think yeah. that Porco's death, like Porco died biting on Eren's legs. Like he was, it's what caused his death, more or less. Like he was trying to prevent him from touching. And like because of all that, they didn't touch on time. And because of all that, Gabby got to shoot his head off. So I want like Gabby shooting the head off to have some impact later on. Ah, okay. Because you don't want Porco's death to be 
compl- yeah, to have some more meaning to it at least. I mean, it already has a lot. Yes, it has a lot of meaning with Falco's title now because uh, uh, I actually, sorry again to Buddy, but I obviously cannot shut up when we're talking about <laughs> Joe Titans <laughs> and Porco. Uh, if you take any of Joe Titans' sacrifices out of the plot, it completely changes the whole thing. Because if you really think about it, each one of them, like if uh, Emir didn't eat Marcel and ate Reiner instead, they would have taken her as an armored titan back to Marley because Marcel would have been alive. Uh, they would have taken Emir's uh, now transformed self as a human back to Marley. And she would have, as an armored titan, she would have been fed to Porco. If uh, Emir didn't go back with Reiner and uh, Bert and Zeke and Peek back to Parody, I'm sure. Oh, not back, sorry, not back to Parody, I mean back to Molly from Parody. If she didn't sacrifice herself. I'm sure upon return, when Zeke and Pick would have returned with Reiner, Reiner would have been fed to Porco because uh, that would mean that they have lost three Titans there. So Reiner would, would have been the only survivor of the operation. And Zeke threatened him actually a few times before time skip about passing down his Titan. So Porco was obviously the next one in the line. And so, again, everything would have been completely different. If Porco didn't sacrifice himself and didn't give Joe Titan to Falco, we wouldn't have this flying Titan now, so all of the aliens would have been dead this chapter because they were only safe because uh, he was <laughs> to save them uh, from that hellish battlefield with all those zombie Titans. So, uh, so many what-ifs. Yeah, so it, it would have completely changed everything. So I really think it has a lot of meaning anyway, already. But if we can add more meaning to it, sure, I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah, and I already discussed last episode what I uh, was looking forward most, which is the Unarmored Titan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's hope, please, it's not in 3D. <laughs> please, yes. no. Please, I'm still no. curious what was in Isayama's mind when creating that scene and making him look so so handsome and like so good yeah you know that isayama is horny for reiner like have you read the descriptions of course course. (laughs) i think the interesting thing like someone pointed out to me was that aaron's aaron's human now like his human face Hmm. looks like a monster basically like which we've seen on the back of one at the end of one chapter like and Reiner's Titan face there looked like a human, which was like yeah. interesting parallel between them. And I take my chances to bash Aaron from time to time, so don't mind me. Yeah, and I want to kind of go back to what Alina said, like that Zeke and uh, even Aaron might be dead. I think there's a good chance because, like, like Poco said, Aaron doesn't have a nape; he's just like a skeleton. Mm-hmm. There might be something in his ass or up his ass. We don't know, but. <laughs> There might be something there, but there might be nothing there. So there's a good chance like that their physical bodies are no longer in this world. Yeah, I think that if uh, characters like Mikasa and Armin would realize that they cannot get Eren back because he's already physically dead, so they have to just kill the Titan for him now, uh, it would be easier for them to go full force at him because now they keep thinking about, no, we should talk to him. No, we'll get Aaron back. Aaron, talk to us. You know, even Reiner doesn't really feel like, uh, you know, battling against him full force, I think, because 
they all have these delusions about, oh, he wants to be stopped, he wants to be talked to, he's being... And last chapter, Armin talks about how it's uh, Emir Fritz that's behind it, which I personally do not buy at all. No? Yeah. You don't think that she's... I don't think she's the mastermind. I mean, she's obviously working with the Titans because uh, Aaron, he... I don't want to say brainwashed her, no. Uh, he manipulated her because she is, to me, her character, uh, when I think about her, uh, I always think about what Frida said. She calls her Krista, not Emir. And I think mm-hmm. that may still work, uh, that may still play out because when she was a slave, she had her tongue cut and we never hear her speak one word in the whole story. True. So uh, the name Emir may be just a nickname given to her by King Fritz, uh, which would again work with this whole parallel of our Frackled Emir getting her name as a nickname and Historia getting nickname Krista. So it just completes the whole circle, really. Um, so I think that may, may work. And Frida called her Krista because she had access to her memories, direct access to her memories through the founding Titan, because Aaron didn't. When uh, Aaron and Zeke meet in Path, uh, he sees her and, and he goes like, who the hell is that? And Zeke says, you know, it's no other than Emir Fritz, the founder. And Aaron first commands her. He says, like, give me your power. And she ignores him. And then after... After seeing the flashbacks, he realizes what buttons to press and he starts sweet-talking her into, yes, this world is so bad, let's destroy it. And of course, she, being a trapped spirit who's been trapped for 2,000 years, she wants to escape from it, I'm sure, uh, from this hellish uh, state she's been in. And so she goes along with it. But we see her appear as spirit watching the kids die uh, when Ramsey and Halil get stomped. And now we see her appear uh, with Armin getting swallowed. And uh, we see her in the beginning of this chapter when she frees the pigs. And what Frida said about her, she said, she is a kind girl who always thinks of others, which I think fits her character fully because she always just went with what she's told to do. She got this amazing magical power. Uh, She turned into this huge titan and she still followed with what king fritz told her she carried his children she didn't want she uh led the wars for him she didn't want uh even though she could have easily killed him you know and do whatever she wanted with it but she always followed what others told her and it's the same thing that's aaron doing with her he told her what to do he he's telling her let's destroy the world let's do it it's horrible let's end it give me your power and she does that, so she's now going along with him. But I think uh, somebody, possibly Falto, because now he has the memories. Uh, and again, I think Falto will have a big role in all of this because all the connections with the hawk that lives on uh, the world tree from Scandinavian mythology, Yggdrasil, it's called, if I'm not buttering up the pronunciation in English, the ending from the anime, uh, his future memories that may or may not be a red herring that they're adding to the anime, uh, the birds symbolism, it's all really coming together. And I think eventually what we'll see in the story is uh, Falco addressing her by Krista 
which would wake her up from the zombie-like state because both she and Aaron are in this zombie-like state still in path and she needs to be talked talk to, you know. She needs to wake up from this zombie state. She needs to be talked to. And since we see her again with this scene of freeing the pigs in the beginning of this chapter, as a kind person who just really wants to do good to others. She's kind to animals. She's, I'm assuming, uh, since she went again with uh, doing what she was told to, she wanted to be kind to her people and going by what Frida said. So she doesn't look like a maniac to me, you know? She looks like she's just a poor poor girl who really wanted to do the best, who didn't know what to do because she didn't have, you know, any friends or any uh, other ideas, I guess, about life because, you know, in her state that she was in, uh, it's not surprising to me that she didn't really act. But if she talks to the kids, and again, we have this talk about children going out of the forest and again this tree in the past realm it's really all coming together if you think about it there's the christian mythology and the symbolism of of apple the birds uh, and christian name being driven from jesus christ you know it's the same same name basically and uh, on the other side we have emir and the scandinavian mythology it's really all i think coming together so that's that's how i think the story will eventually finish with uh, with her spirit being eventually on the good side of the conflict stopping the rumbling uh and just uh, them destroying together them i mean the kids destroying the path realm and freeing her spirit and her taking titan powers with it and so eldians will finally be free from the curse and the world will just be saved well you have more confidence in that ending than i do because <laughs> She's she she wasn't a kid when she died and she didn't have the happiest life so and she had 2000 years pure agony and paths to relive all that where time moves differently she's a kid in the past so i know but mentally i don't know what's going on <laughs> in her head at this moment so yeah it's the same thing how Aaron is kid in paths as well like he's not a kid but they've only seen his kid version in there i think there's something about that Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I agree, though, that the Falco is going to have a more important role than people initially think. I think mm-hmm. he was built up for something in the Marley arc. Like, he had a lot of screen time only for him to fall into background and let Gabby take the spotlight. I always thought that he was going to, like, get his role back. Because Isayama likes to... He has an idea for characters and what they are going to accomplish at some point. But... Mm. Up until that moment, he sometimes doesn't know what to do with them. It's how I feel with Mikasa at the time. Because, like, she's going to have a huge role in the finale regarding Eren. And her arc is, like, stagnating a lot up until that point. And, like, a mm-hmm. bit with Ry- Reiner, maybe. So, yeah, I think that's the case with Falco. I I can see that, yeah. I mean, he has he has to be important in the ending, Falco. I am 100% convinced of that. And... I need to mention this. I'm going to be super pissed if I don't. And while we're on the (laughs) topic of of the latest chapter, like Aaron has explosives around his neck. We know these are going to go off eventually, right? Uh, His head is going to go off, let's say. Like it's going to be detached from his body. And Mm -hmm. near his head, we find this Titan, which is Warhammer, right? Which has a spear. It's a trident, technically. But it can make weapons. And, like, 
a spear, a giant head, and Reiner being around mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of a certain statue in Marley of a certain guy mm-hmm. whose name I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> just, just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Nice imagery for sure. I mean, my money is on that. I, I've been talking about Helos so much that, like, if it doesn't happen, people are gonna hang me. I feel. I think it all really comes together because in the real world we need to destroy Aaron's monstrous form, and then the kids can, you know, take it over to the path realm and destroy Yggdrasil and free Ymir or. Quote unquote, Emir, as I always say. <laughs> I just really feel, I feel it was such a weird change for season three to make, for Frida to be addressing her as Krista, because in Monday it was, it was handled differently. And uh, it was. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's such a weird change to make if that doesn't, you know, have any role. So I'm really putting my bet on that one. <laughs> I really am. And I just, I love all these uh, connections with names and, and don't even get me started on connections between Porco and Falco's names because I... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I will shut up on that one, but Krista has to work for sure. Let's hope so. Well, let's, let's hope we find out in 2021. <laughs> so we've heard a lot about like Alina's ending theories, but have you also seen or heard some really funny or interesting anime only theories from this episode? So far not like apart from the casual, like, Oh, Reiner is gonna go onto the good side, you know, with join the good guys and everything like that. I think it's a bit too early for, for all that. I mean, none of, none of the things I've seen are correct even closely. So like, I hope for more time to pass, and then when they have a bit bigger picture, I'm going to get into their theories. So far, like, I haven't followed enough. Yeah, I haven't really seen much around either, and I would say that people, for the most part, don't realize the scale of horrors that's about to happen, because they think that surely Aaron and uh, the crew will attack Molly, but they think, you know, that's about it. But, oh boy, (laughs) they don't even know how terrible it's going to eventually get. So I'm really looking forward to see the reactions from people, for sure. It's going to be great. I'm looking through like the poll results if anyone had an interesting theory. So one anime only says he thought that the, the leader of the Tiber family was Marley's leader, oh. based on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which is true. Oh. Correct. <laughs> Bravo, anime only guy. Bingo. And he's like, I think he may be the Warhammer Titan, but it's hard to tell at this point. I mean, I think mm, we all thought see. at some point that he might be <laughs> Warhammer Titan. And like his sister came out of nowhere, which was, which was a cute change. We speculated that it was likely to be not really himself, but somebody from the family. And I personally was hoping, of course, for a female user as usual. And it actually worked twice. I think that uh, when we knew Peak as a Titan... I always hoped for female user. I thought it would be so much funnier and just it turned out to be as great as I expected. And then with Warhammer, I also thought, okay, what if it's not really, what if it's a female user instead of what, what if it's his like wife or sister? And well, I guess technically wife wouldn't work because uh, she wouldn't be from the bloodline, but sister or, you know, aunt, cousin, whatever. And grandma Tiber. 
Yeah, grandma would have been. Grandma Tiber with a Titan. Like, Amazing. Her Titan with the walkers like creates. Yeah. He also mentions that uh, he wonders if the Warhammer Titan will be a letdown because originally he thought that the Warhammer Titan would be the big boss of the Titans, but after learning that this Titan doesn't go through the training like the other shifters and never fought. He's like, well, it's going to be 50-50. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm, now I'm curious about the CGI with Warhammer. I, I haven't thought about it before. Now now that's a, yeah. an interesting I, it, it, In the trailers, it didn't seem CGI, but I also know that they changed a lot from the trailer to the actual episode. They, ch- yeah. they changed everything. Everything. Yeah, so. Uh, outside, there was just two frames, one with Zeke and one with Reiner on the blimp. Which they included. Yeah. They changed the coloring a little. They added some shading to that. But they changed Zeke's face a little bit as well, yeah, if I recall yeah, correctly. Yeah, they, yeah. They, so they kept those two. Everything else they completely changed so far. Yeah. So, so it might be CGI. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm anxious, but let's see. Like I said, somebody talked about 2D Titans again with the leakers, so who knows? And like CGI we've seen so far was decent, like so surprised me. It wasn't time. awful, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, one final thing I want to mention: he was um, curious how Peak's father was shown, but not the mother, and um, he thinks that because uh, Peak's father didn't look Oriental, but Peak does, he thinks they may have another Mikasa on their hands, like half Ackerman, half Oriental. <laughs> that's that's only because they screwed up her nose. Actually, we were talking about we were talking about the designs earlier. I agree that the majority of them are excellent, but peaks I'm really not happy with. I think they made her hair too short, and they are definitely not going not doing a good job with her nose at all. Uh, it looks uh, really usual on most frames. Some fra- mm-hmm. some frames, some scenes, she seems like she has her manga nose, but. When you see her in profile, no, it's uh, it's just a regular cute little nose instead of her her big nose like in manga, and that's a shame because it uh, I think really uh, changes her overall look completely. And I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of big noses, so I think the nice change was showing her father like coughing and like showing that he has like a health issue, even if it's like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. brief scene. It's it's cute. Yeah, I'm glad they included that. Shall we move into the questions from our listeners? Yep. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Let me start with a question for Poco. Uh, Hoover Brownie asks, what do you think about the pacing so far? Do you like it or do you want more fillers? I think especially the last part. (laughs) I want to (laughs) know. I mean, like I said, I think it's important for these new characters to if you're talking from anime only perspective it's important for like them to meet the warriors and like feel for the warriors so they feel conflicted later on when when the battle starts especially because one of four are portrayed as not so good like they kill a lot of civilians and all that i think it's really important for that and the more time you have to like sit on the characters like weeks i'm talking like not only episode time but like real life time like weeks pass the more you're gonna think about them and like get more familiar mm. with them. I think like number of episodes there is important. And regarding filler, I'd always watch like, you can give me an episode of Warriors 
eating like or I don't know Porco making his sandwich and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that <laughs> like you can give me any warrior filler and I'm up for it so yeah I'm, I'd want some for sure yeah I agree I mean I wouldn't mind more warriors so <laughs> can we just not extend the this arc in the amount of episodes I want more yeah same really it's a shame <laughs> I think it's the most liked arc in the manga I think if you look at the voting and everything, yeah, people like Marley the I most. I think so too. Maybe not for the same reasons as maybe us here. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... no. I think for them, like probably the the pinnacle is like chapter one hundred and one hundred one and two, the fight. It's a really good arc overall. Yeah. Okay, so uh, my co-host who isn't here also has a question for Alina. So. Uh, <laughs> She asks, Alina, I want to know your studio connections because, dang, this season has been good for Kalide. Is it Mafia, Blackmail, <laughs> Spies on the Inside? Or does Mappa just naturally have a soft spot for the pork oats <laughs> to make him so smiley and perfect? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. I'm Willard the Wonka, <laughs> the ruler of Oompa Loompas, destroyer of dental health. And I have bought <laughs> Mappa Studios with my infinite wealth. And I have forced them to create this anime season according to my own personal liking. <laughs> In all seriousness, <laughs> though, I really couldn't be happier with this season because it's been really kind to us, gallery shippers. And I don't like to bring shipping into serious discussions because a big part of me feels like shipping is something very silly. But at the same time, it's what makes me happy and what inspires me to create art. And so I think I should be able to speak about this with pride from the bottom of my heart. I, I really started shipping them back when Chapter 93 came out, and uh, it changed my life in a way because I completely uh, created this whole, you know, new uh, sub-fandom for it, pretty much. And I'm pretty sure I was the first person to draw a fan, of the, fan art of them together because I was patiently waiting for someone else to do it <laughs> because I knew there would be consequences, and there were, <laughs> but no one did, so I had to take the wheel. The community has really grown so big ever since, and uh, I am so, so happy with so many friends that I've made over years, and uh, to see so many artists join it, and other people, fanfic writers, just people who appreciate it. Like I said, Chapter 93 really changed my life, and I'm so grateful with how the character arc between Porco and Reiner have concluded in manga. It's really perfect, and I'm so happy to see anime adaptation finally come to life. And I'm so happy to be here today to be discussing this episode with you guys. It's really special to me. I love MAPPA for giving their relationship its focus it deserves, I think. And I cannot wait to see what else they have in store. And I can wait to see more fans to be enamored with the ship. And both Kimi Kiara comic this week and the end card for the episode. I mean, have you seen them? <laughs> <laughs> they are great and the preview for the next episode I wanted to say that it's such a little tiny panel in the month that they could have easily skipped and I remember back when uh, spoilers were out for chapter 94 this part was actually not in the in the you know this batch with the textual spoilers and then there were uh, picture spoilers for the chapter and those pages were not in it and we kept talking about how surely there has to be some reaction from Porco for Reiner to be getting the titan because we saw this rivalry happening between them in the previous chapter and then when 
the chapter finally was released and we saw it was a Scabadon panel. We couldn't believe it that out of all the possible reactions, Isayama went with that. And now for the next episode of the anime, they included it in the preview for uh, for the episode twice. <laughs> and they used it as a, um, as a episode image for the site as well. So, well... I'm truly living my best life right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's clear because you keep going on and on. <laughs> they keep giving me food. What else can I do? It's just. <laughs> so let's move on into Aaron's collarbones question. And he asks, what is the most important literally, literally aspect in this arc that at any cost should not be removed or not have been removed. So according to you, that should is the, the part between uh, Porco and Reiner. The... <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not say that. Okay. I, I don't think anything plot relevant can possibly be removed. So I think the core of the story is going to be fine. We already talked, I think, about all the little scenes that were removed or maybe uh, got moved to further episodes. So... Again, I don't think anything fundamental is going to be moved from this. So uh, it's just not something that I think is worth discussing because it's not like they're going to completely change the story. They're clearly not going to do that, no. Uh, I mean, the director talked about it already. They are going to try to stick to manga as much as they can. Yeah, I think the story isn't going to, you know, the anime isn't going to make any drastic changes, but... If you're talking about things that we need to focus on, I think one is definitely Reiner's backstory and his mindset, like what he's thinking when he's breaking down the wall, when the Marcel thing happens, all of that I want them to pay attention to. And the second one, which is like thematic for the season and the Marley arc especially, is probably the Liberio battle and innocent people dying, like children dying, flock burning these buildings, you know. 104, like, people are going to think I'm bashing them. I'm not, really. But I don't blame them as much as I blame Eren for all that. And I just want these horrors to be shown that the story is now has now changed drastically, that everyone has blood on their hands, and that we can't go back, basically, after we've done all that. You know, civilians are dying and all that. It shows how truly horrible war is. And we've seen, like, from the trailer even, that they're going to focus heavily on that this season and i don't think you actually get to experience that up until liberia battle which just shows like complete wreckage what happens when the city gets turned into a battlefield when like children die when Hmm. you know i I think they will because everything we've seen so far and everything they've added so far is really focusing on how awful war is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, i i think they will continue that up until the battle in liberio yeah, I'm really not worried about that either. I'm sure that's going to be shown in full detail. And I, I don't think this is necessarily one of the most important aspects, but I wonder if they'll include like the scene with Aaron's grandfather. Oh, they better. They better do that. Because <laughs> that's the only one I could see them cut, potentially. I think like the second second warrior meeting can be cut as well. Which one? Second warrior meeting when they talk to Marley officials like Reiner and everyone, and then they see kids play outside, or like kids race. Outside. Oh, that one! I think they can. No, they no, 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 they cannot. They cannot. Yeah, they cannot 
and and the one with with Willy and Maget before the festival because like I assume next episode is gonna be Reiner's backstory. Yes, and maybe like like I hope it's it's in, in entirety Reiner's flashbacks, but then we have get introduced to the festival right and Willy and Maget, mm-hmm. but we know episode four ends apparently with Aaron and Reiner meeting, which is during festival. So like I wonder if Maget and Willy have their second meeting. One where really says that he knows about rats that have infiltrated the the country. Uh, episode four is definitely going to end where chapter ninety eight ends. So with Aaron and Reiner meeting in the basement, and like I said, I think they may move some of Reiner's flashbacks further uh, to when they talk with Aaron. So pacing wise, it should be fine, I think. Well, I mean, it's not going to be fine, as in it's still going to be very quick, but I don't feel that they should uh, drastically cut stuff. And I definitely hope they will not cut either Magath and Willis scenes, because I think those are wonderful. I love both of those characters as well, and I would love to see them, at least for some time, because they have such little screen time elsewhere. Well, Magath has more, but Willy, you know, dies there in just a few episodes uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think some part of Reiner's flashbacks can be moved to the conversation with Aaron because there's this scene with the farmer who hangs yeah, himself yeah, yeah. and Bertolt yeah. and it is referenced a bit in the manga, like it's moved there a bit. I think they can move it all the way up until that. Yeah, chapter. definitely. And I for sure wouldn't want to see the second warrior's meeting cut because I think, again, that's a very important moment uh, when they see uh, Gavin Falco race and they look at them there's, it's a really important moment because you see Porco cheer for Falco and Zeke and uh, Colt talk about Big Brother's thing. Yeah. And, uh, Reiner and Porco have this tension there as well. And it later plays out in chapter 119. So it really has to be kept, I think, there for just plot purposes. It really uh, builds up this whole conflict with the brother thing and the inheritance of the Titans. So I really wouldn't want to see that removed, no. No, I agree. I do hope they cut some of the like uh, superfluous scenes between Willie and Magath because I was when I was reading the manga, there were some scenes where I was like, "Didn't we already discuss this exact same thing?" Maybe they will rephrase it better. Yeah, they can cut Kiyomi and Udo scene. And uh, <laughs> definitely included because it was already talked uh, about in spoilers for the anime. So oh, okay. Then. That one Never is mind. that Never one mind. is included for sure. All right, then I hope I pronounced it correctly. Dora Vakin, aka Pound Town on Twitter. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to send uh, your favorite character a message, uh, be it a message of encor- encouragement, appeal, whatever, just after the events of episode two, what would it be? The writer gets a better bed. <laughs> a bigger one, please. Uh, I would just say that I'm so proud of them and. Uh... I'm proud of uh, their bonds. I'm proud of their bravery. And uh, I'm sure the future of the world is bright because of them. So their hard work will pay off in the end. Hopefully. And message for Gabby, aim a bit higher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not talking about Tasha, talking about Aaron. Yeah, I know, we know. (laughs) You don't have to tell us. Yeah, yeah. Would that have made the difference, though? I really don't think so. Or maybe aim for Connie. I don't care. I, 
Poor Connie. Jesus. The way I don't care about Connie, it's it's insane. Nobody does apparently on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. oh. Sorry to to all those Connie fans if if they really exist. Again, yeah. I, I I really I, I really don't have anything. I really don't have anything against Connie, but I think he's a pretty not important character. Wasted potential. Wasted potential. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what everybody keeps saying. So. <laughs> Sorry, Connie fans, all five of you. I think I would send them a message like, uh, enjoy, enjoy this while it lasts. Oh, for sure. Like just... Enjoy the festival and the food. Yeah. And I would send uh, Reiner a message to you, take Karina out of his will. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's it. <laughs> I think he did it already. I'm sure his entire will is on Gabby. That, <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. It should be. <laughs> okay, so the final question is from... Karen Edwards TV. Let's see. What are your all's thoughts about Marley's position on aliens? If Titans ever became truly obsolete, do you think Marley would actually commit genocide against all aliens? Well, I don't think some Titans can fully be like, no matter how advanced the technology is, I don't think Titans can fully be useless. I think even nowadays you'd find some uses for them. Like they're better than soldiers. And like Colossal Titan, for example, is a free nu- nuke. Like, with little to no downside so yeah i don't think they can they would fully be useless though if it comes at the cost of them keeping aldeans and aldeans rebelling or like fearing for like the founding titan reawaking or or whatnot i think they might do that honestly because they fear aldeans and what you fear you seek to destroy sooner or later so yeah like some time would have to pass but i think eventually they would they would cause trouble for the audience. Do you agree with that, Alina? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Because I wonder, because they really only have to worry about the founder, in a way. Unless, you know, well, I mean, technically every Eldian could transform into a Titan. So if somebody steals some, like, Titan spinal fluid and decides to inject everyone in Liberio, for example... My view on this is, again, that Mali is, or well, was, run by Aldians, since, as we talked about already earlier, it was run by Ville Tiber, pretty much, who was the head of the Mali as a country, which I'm sure many people of the in the fandom either forgot about or <laughs> didn't even realize, but it is what it is. It was mentioned as a fact in the story, and if you want to check it, it is written in the Wikia, so <laughs> you can <laughs> fact-check that. Uh, it's more about... Eldians committing genocide against Eldians. So uh, we really saw a lot of Malian characters who were much more human and understanding than they were racist. Eldians are not hated just because. They're hated because of their power, because of their history, but mostly because of their you know, superhuman power to transform into huge beasts that eat others. So I really, I really would hope that there is more good than bad in the world, our world and SNK world as well, and that eventually Eldians would be left in peace and uh, with the, the power of the Nine Titans secured somewhere. And again, I really think that is what we are going to see in the ending. We are hopefully going to see uh, the Titan power is just gone from the world, and with that, Eldians will finally be free. And I'm sure... Mali as a country will not hate on them just for the fact that they are Eldians. 
once the powers are gone, that there just would be no legitimate reason to do that. And I'm sure Isayama has a good ending in store for us. Yes, yeah, just quickly regarding that, I think if you remove the power of the Titans, there might not be a way for them to do the blood tests and actually see who is Eldian and who, who's, who isn't. Mm-hmm. And in all this confusion, like you, you basically wouldn't know who would, who is Eldian at the end. Yeah, yeah. I always imagine that the power of the Titans could be over with is Zeke or someone, especially Zeke, replacing Ymir in the pets. And just since Ymir is always willing to, like, she was always listening basically and giving out the power, Zeke would deny that. Like, Zeke has, like, prevent people from transforming and any power that's ever been requested from Eldians, maybe it would be denied that way. So yeah, I thought I always felt like it would be a neat ending. Yeah, I can see something like that happening. Or like I said, if the path realm just completely gets destroyed and the tree is dismantled and the spirit of Ymirfrit just gets free and so the powers would just be gone. As long as it's not Naruto ending with some aliens and like, <laughs> not, no, like, please no. <laughs> as long as it's not that, I'm, I'm all up for it. Uh, I, I I sincerely doubt we'll get something like that. Oh my god! Listen, when I see that thing that Ymir touched under that tree, that spinal-looking thing, like yeah, it scares me sometimes. You know? Yeah, it's just it's just Aaron's spine that went back in time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh my afraid. god! <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be funny if Aaron has just set up the whole history from the beginning? He was that spine inside the tree, <laughs> and he used his uh, time powers to go back there and to plant the seed of hatred. So uh, people people always keep justifying Aaron um, about his mom, about uh, everything that's happening, about the Titans, about the walls. But uh, you probably heard about this theory uh, with uh, Aaron commanding Dina to kill Carla or Dina how is she pronounced? Yeah, I was about to bring that up now. Dina, Dina, yeah. Shout out to Yuri Brown for making that theory. I like that, mm-hmm. honestly. It has some evidence and we're going to see like in, in a month or two. Yeah, I would really want to see that happen because so many people use that argument as something that justifies what Aaron is doing and if it turns out that he was indeed the one who pretty much killed his own mother, then, you know, they can no longer use that argument. And uh, I'm sure Aaron fans would still come up with more excuses. And I, again, I say Aaron fans, I feel that I am an Aaron fan myself, honestly. I love him as a character. He's a great villain. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't like people who uh, tend to completely mischaracterize him and uh, misunderstand him and especially people who justify him because you can love him you can appreciate him you can sim for him but you have to realize what he's doing is bad <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just bad he's a monster he's a monster yeah we agree there <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> what else is there to say yeah. i think that kind of wraps up our entire discussion of the uh, second episode Thank you very much for having us. It was really fun. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Enjoyed it too. I'm glad uh, we finally made it happen. And I'm glad we could gush over Reiner and Porco. Yep. I hope we meet again for a Reiner Hellos chapter <laughs> in the future. 2021 is going to be our year. <laughs> yes, for sure. I called Vince on that podcast long ago. 
<laughs> so I want to thank our listeners as well. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Feel free to like and leave a comment. And if you want to find our guests, Poco is at Drunk Helos on Twitter. Although, disclaimer, don't follow him, he says. <laughs> and you can find Alina at, uh, at Alina James. And she also has some really cute Titan face masks, if you're interested. So they will be pinned on our Twitter. Mm-hmm. Please do follow me. <laughs> <laughs> do follow Alina, yes. And, and also you hear big girls, please. <laughs> Also want to thank our Patreons, Simon, Taryn, Kenny, NM, Tom, Silarana, Rubikos, and uh, I'm going to call you Swedish Chef for now because I want Mamtaku to read your actual Patreon name first. So once again, guys, thanks for being on. Um, who knows? We'll have our wish come true in, uh, in the new year. Yes. And for now, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for offering your hearts and your ears. And until next time. Bye. Bye bye. Alina, do you want me to promote your masks? Oh, well, <laughs> if you want to, that would be sweet. You can just uh, mention my social media, I guess people can always find all that there. Yes. Okay. Uh, Poco, do you have anything you would like me to mention, promote? Don't follow me on Twitter. It's healthy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Too, Too late. Too <laughs> late. Save yourself the trouble and just, yeah. <laughs>